Welcome to Mile High Magazine. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping events in Colorado. Presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. And welcome in. It's another edition of Mile High Magazine on a Sunday. And I'm Murphy Houston. And today we're talking to some lovely ladies from the Broomfield Communities That Care Project. I have Gabrielle French, who's their Youth for Youth Advisor. Gabrielle, welcome. Hello. And you're in high school, right? Yes, I am. Where do you go to school? I go to Stargate High School. I'm going to be a sophomore there. Just a sophomore. (laughs) Yes. And we found out she doesn't drive. I mean, that's kind of (laughs) amazing there. Brittany Polinsky, a precious child vice president of programs and evaluations, uh, and a Broomfield CTC community board member. Brittany, welcome in. Thank you. And Jennifer, that makes you the boss, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. It's uh, Jennifer McInder, Broomfield Communications That Care Coordinator, boss, (laughs) (laughs) and public health educator and Broomfield Public Health and Environment. Ladies, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jennifer, let's uh, let, let's just start with you. What is the Broomfield Communities That Care Project? What is that? What is Communities That Care? Well, it's um, it, it's a five-year grant that Broomfield was awarded. We're in our third year, and it's a youth substance abuse prevention grant. Oh, nice. Yes, it's great. Um, it's funded through marijuana tax funds through the Colorado Department of Public Health and Education. And um, the great thing about Communities That Care, there are over 50 or almost 50 other communities in Colorado that have CTC. And the wonderful thing about CTC is that it's kind of community-owned and operated. So we take a look at what puts youth at risk and what protects them from substance use or other health outcomes that we're concerned about, maybe violence prevention as well. And we meet as a coalition. So we're here, the, the three of us. Representing our coalition, we have almost 60 members that volunteer to work with us. Okay. And um, one of the main pillars of CTC is this positive youth development concept where we we need to and we love to work with our young people in our community to make these changes. Good idea. Is it just for the Broom? I'm just going off the name, Broomfield. Is it just the Broomfield area, or do you encompass a lot of other areas? So the Communities That Care projects are all around Colorado, so we just focus on Broomfield okay. City and County. Okay. So, for example, there's also one in Lafayette, Colorado. So if people Pueblo. are listening now mm-hmm. in those communities, and they probably are going, well, it's only Broomfield. Yeah. That doesn't help us. No, absolutely not. It's it's um, it's It's funded all throughout Colorado, and we've got... 50 strong other coalitions in our state. Well, how did you decide to involve young people in Broomfield's public health work like Gabrielle? And I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's more than what Gabrielle does. Yeah. Well, we have five youth advisors called the Youth for Youth, and they just started working with communities that care a year ago. And this group of youth created their own coalition just to work in partnership with the, let's say, the adult group that originally started with the CTC work. And um, one of the main pillars of Communities That Care is called positive youth engagement, positive youth development. It's not only required by our grant, but it's a proven strategy for prevention for youth health outcomes, things that you you hope won't happen for youth. Right. Um, And so we learned about it in Broomfield um, through the Communities That Care project, and um, it's really grown from there. Okay. And it's worked out getting the young people directly involved like this? Yeah, it's been amazing. Well, let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) How amazing is it? That would be you, Gabrielle French. Yes. (laughs) So what are some of the challenges that young people are facing today, and how do you think CTC, is it Y4Y? 
Uh, yeah, Y for Y stands for youth for, for youth. youth? Mm-hmm. I actually figured that out. I know you're really shocked <laughs> at that. But so what difference does it make having you guys involved, and how's that been for you? Uh, it's been really great. I think that youth have a really unique perspective on their own lives, and a lot of the times um, adults assume that they can understand what um, youth needs. And I think having that youth voice in CTC has been really essential in um, our success that I, I would say, yeah. Well, so what are the challenges you talk about? I mean, I um, had four kids go through school. That was a long <laughs> time ago. So I'm sure since those high school days, things are tougher. I would say stress and pressure are some of the main things that teens struggle with. Uh, just because everything's so competitive, there's this pressure to get into college and it's high school where it starts feeling like you have to start working really hard now to get the future that you want and that can be really stressful for a lot of people um that can also lead to um, mental health issues which i know is an issue for many many teenagers uh and that can all put you at risk for the things that ctc focuses on like substance abuse well that was my next question is that how Drugs get involved then because of the stress, the pressure, pressure, the competition, and this is some source of, sort of release for teenagers. Yeah, now? yeah, it sort of feels like um, something has to give in your life. You need some sort of stress relief, and often, like vaping, which is super common with teens, um, it's seen as a stress reliever. And so, what CTC is really doing is trying to do preventative work and work on more um, how can we make life healthier and easier for teens instead of directly like um, only focusing on telling teens that drugs are bad, like looking at the root cause. Sure. So, Jennifer, how does that fit in with you then? And you get this information directly from the Mm -hmm. source. Mm -hmm. It's got to be like, whoa. Yeah. But it's good to know. It is good to know. And um, everything we do in Communities That Care, right now we're focusing on three different strategies that we're working on in our community. One of them is, again, it's all about prevention. So it's resiliency skills, social-emotional skills for kids at a young age, providing quality extracurricular activities or pro-social opportunities with um, adults in your community. Those are two main things. And then the positive youth development piece. And I I wanted to explain that really quickly, what that is. Um, It's kind of the concept. To me, it's very simple. Um, Everybody comes into life with, like, their own resiliency, right? Sure. And our our job as adults um, is to provide youth with skills and then the opportunity to use those skills and then recognition for those opportunities and the great job they did or the struggles they had and how they overcame those when you create that type of movement, you often then hopefully will create bonding with an adult. So that's what we call like authentic engagement or authentic relationships, not just tokenism where a youth is in the room, but something where you really are working with them and treating them as a partner and including them. When you create that type of relationship, then you have the bonding, which normally then will come to um, youth engaging with the norms of your community or being comfortable in that environment, which will lead, hopefully, to better health outcomes for youth. So that's kind of the main overview of CTC. And so that's what we are doing when we work with our youth. And also, if we're creating these types of strategies, 
anything we're creating that is for youth, we have to involve them. Well, sure you do. Yes. I, I want to back up just a little bit. Yeah. When you mentioned bonding yeah. with an adult. Yeah. Is that the parents? Where do the parents fit into all of this? Yeah. Do you guys want to answer? Gabrielle, yeah, Gabrielle. you want to mention that? <laughs> um, well, definitely parents are a part of CTC in our community. And so I think one of the strengths of Communities That Care is that the coalition is very diverse. There's people from all walks of life. There's teachers and parents and um, public health people. And so I think that it's a really good opportunity for everyone's different perspectives to come together. And that really makes whatever we're doing stronger. Good idea. Good speaking. Now, poor Brittany's been sitting over there going, <laughs> hello, am I included with all no, of this? you're good. So let's get uh, Brittany Polinsky involved. And how does a precious child, we know about precious child, but how do they fit into this? How do they engage young people? And what do you? Th- how did you become involved with CDC? So I became involved with CTC about a year and a half ago or so. Um, a precious child, one of our four kind of community goals is collaborative impact. That's something that's very important to us is not only our programming, but, you know, bringing the community together to help us meet our goal. We can't do it alone as an organization. And so incorporating youth into that, uh, youth helping youth is is really powerful, is really moving, and is really important to positive youth development, is giving those them those opportunities to really give back. And, you know, that old saying that it takes a village to... Um, become, you know, to raise a child, sure. I think is, is really yeah. important um, in what we yes. do as well. And having um, the community come together, everyone that interacts with youth has the opportunity to offer positive youth development in their approach in working with youth. And how does that fit in with what Precious Child does? Because you do a lot of, obviously, a lot of great work with young people throughout the metro area. Definitely. So all of our programming stems around providing opportunities and resources for youth in the community. Literally, opportunities is one of our, um, is in our mission statement for youth. And so extracurricular enrichment is something that in particular that we focused on to make sure that children in the community have, um, have the option to get involved um, regardless of their circumstances, whether it is, you know, monetary um, issues or, um, you know, issues at home. We want that community engagement. And so um, CTC aligns perfectly with that because that's what they're looking to do is provide those opportunities and really engage youth in the community and help that substance abuse prevention. It's such a big topic, isn't it, Jennifer? It, it just, sure is. I mean, between mental health and substance abuse. Yeah. And when I hear Gabrielle talk about stress, I, I guess my kids, when he went to high school, and this was years ago, probably had that. But it just seems like to be at a higher level now. Mm-hmm. All the time. That's mm-hmm. all you hear discussions of. Mm-hmm. And now I got a granddaughter who's a freshman in high school this year. <laughs> and we were sitting having this discussion even yesterday going, here's what I think is going to happen. And I wish you could be here right now to hear what you guys are talking yeah. about because it is going to happen. Yep. And I, you guys will be there to help. Yeah. Makes me feel good. Good. As a grandpa, good. makes me feel good. So let's talk J- Jennifer McIndoe, who is the uh, Broomfield Communities That Care Coordinator. That's what we're talking about here. What's been a memorable moment this past year with Communities That Care and Youth Engagement? Something that, wow, that's great feeling yeah i've been thinking about that a lot lately because um like i said just a year ago is when the youth for youth group created their name created their mission and started working with communities that care and i think um looking back on this year and um just kind of allowing them to decide what their journey was going to be right and seeing that um i do believe that we were authentic with it in that we didn't have roles for them. We didn't demand that they were doing something or saying something. And seeing how our community, for example, our city council is now asking for them 
to come tomorrow oh. evening. We have a um, a vaping session with them, and they request youth for youth to come because they want to talk to them about the issues. Well, it's an education. Yes, it yeah. is, and uh, youth are they're honest. Uh, usually, they don't have an agenda. They are there to tell you what they feel, to tell you they're smart. Um, they've already thought through what they think can help them. Um, they've seen what doesn't help them. And I think like Gabrielle, I just asked her this a couple weeks ago, like, now that you hear about this positive youth development, how does that make you feel? And she didn't say it makes it doesn't make her angry, but it makes her charged with it's awesome to know that there's something out there that's evidence based that says that youth should be at the table, that youth should have a voice and that that's not only going to make our program successful, but it also is going to help with the youth that we are engaging with in their sure, health outcomes. Sure. Too. That's a good thing. Yeah. Gabrielle, I'm kind of curious. Obviously, you reach out to a lot of high school kids, mm-hmm. friends, people in the hall. What's their reaction? Do they tell you, mind your own business, or <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, or or do they spew it out? Um, I think a lot of the times we found it's not the most effective way to always um, tell someone directly, like, drugs are dangerous, stop doing drugs. Um, of course, the education there is important. Um, so really more of what we've been doing as Youth for Youth when talking to our peers is focusing on those prevention measures and talking about stress and mental health and positive relationships. And then also we do incorporate um, education that we feel is lacking. Like a lot of there are a lot of misconceptions, especially around um, vaping and those misconceptions can be really dangerous. So a lot of the times if you approach it in the right way where it's not too confronting, it can be successful with peer-to-peer contact. But you got to be careful about that, don't you? Yeah, you can't be too... Aggressive. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think that's the word. Yeah. Well, but you have to listen with an open ear, and if you, you can probably pick up on little things that are said by students, such as yourself, and maybe use that as an open door to reach out and say, hey, maybe we can help. Yeah, and a big way that we've been reaching out as Youth for Youth is through social media, uh, since that's obviously where a lot of teens spend a lot of time. And that's a good way to reach out to teens and communicate with teens, but it doesn't feel too confronting because it's not direct one-on-one contact. Uh, But I think it's still been a really valuable way to share a message and information. Good for you guys. And I have to ask you, Jennifer, because obviously when when my kids are going to high school, this vaping thing was non-existent. Mm -hmm. And now you're hearing all the details as it's becoming bigger and it's not good Mm-mm. it is not good so what, what do you want what can we tell people that are listening now that parents that are maybe their child's doing it think oh they're all right yep they're not all right yeah it's um as gabrielle said it's something that i think it came on so quickly really that, it, yeah it, it right? really has so in, and even in communities that care i see like we know we, we're doing prevention work around substances that are more people are used to seeing unfortunately like alcohol and binge drinking and marijuana use but um, when you look at vaping, you have to approach it a little bit differently because it did come on so quickly. So we don't know everything that's out there to prevent this because it's happening. Um, but policy work is a lot of it. Right. And also, as Gabrielle said, education, that we see a lot of youth and parents not understanding that most vaping products do have um, nicotine in them, even when they say they don't. And youth are at a very vulnerable time in their lives if they start 
picking up a nicotine habit at this age, it's going to be very hard for them to stop. Well, it leads to other problems. It, it, does. C- it, it could, can. right? Absolutely, it can. And so I think the education piece and the policy piece. And Gabrielle, would you mind talking about how youth are um, kind of used in that as far as with media and how they're pushing that with the way they market? Yeah, so especially vaping companies like Juul, for example, um, they definitely target youth through marketing on social media more. And um, definitely you can see in the way that they market that it's definitely trying to appeal to a younger audience. So some of the education work that Youth for Youth has been doing is talking about how um, these companies are taking advantage of you and um, just sort of inspiring teens to see that injustice and um, allow that to um, make them want to fight for change. And and as I understand it, uh, as far as the social networking and these ads that pop up, Mm -hmm. if you more or less mention it on Facebook I don't know, Instagram, whatever, these ads just automatically pop up. Am I right about that? Yeah, even um, even just me doing research with um, vaping a lot on my computer, I get Juul ads all the time and they pop up. Um, so that really just goes to show how widespread it is. So they were saying this, the social networking is a private thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> my Lord, who is watching us? <laughs> That's a little sad for sure. So let's talk to Brittany a little bit again, uh, uh, Polinsky with A Precious Child, and how has your involvement with CTC influenced the way you think about or work with young people at uh, A Precious Child? So being involved in CTC, especially um, recently, I went through a training for positive youth development. So I'm actually able to train people on how to um, incorporate the approach of positive youth development within their organization and in their everyday lives. And being involved has really completely changed the way that I interact with youth. Um, As an adult, it kind of especially using um, positive youth development, it really puts it in your mind that you as an adult have the responsibility to um, work with that youth and help them on their journey to um, become a developed adult. And what you do with them, how you work with them, how you incorporate them into your work affects them as well. Thinking about it as well, not just from an organization like a precious child, how are they affecting our organization positively? But how are we affecting them positively as well? Because them being involved in the community, youth being involved in the community is really important um, for them to be able to be developed and and, and be um, members of the community that want to give back and are, are involved. And so it's really helped us at A Precious Child in particular engage more with youth. So our volunteer program actually um, is the best example of that. Sure. We have yeah. um, more than 7,000 volunteers at A Precious Child a year. And a large percentage of them are youth. Um, We're actually getting ready for them to all go back to school here in the next few weeks and are are needing volunteers now to replace them because they really help us continue to grow and move and and serve the 40 to 50 families that we do a day. We also look to engage them in boards of ours as well. We have a youth advisory board that has 45 different youth on it. And they're not, again, not a token sitting in a room. They're actually helping us make decisions. They host a fundraiser for us that helps our precious gift program. Um, And they're the decision makers for their board as well. So they are the ones making the decisions and moving it forward. And then we actually just started this year a junior board as well of middle schoolers. So 15 middle middle schoolers. schoolers. Right. (laughs) Wow. Um, So 15 middle schoolers are going to be paired with the high school youth advisory board members and have kind of a mentorship going on, as well as helping the community out of Precious Child. So it's really moving. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And just because these kids are going back to school, they 
can't help anymore or they're just too busy to help anymore it's just our we're open monday through friday nine to five and so we we have youth um over the summer that are like full-time staff members for us um they're there you know all day every day when we're seeing families and so evening and weekend volunteer opportunities we do have it they're just not as frequent and so we will definitely miss our youth when they go back to school wow that's crazy so jennifer do you work with Precious Child then and get these young people involved? Is that through you? No, that is that is all through a Precious Child. And we're really fortunate in Broomfield that we have really great nonprofits out there that are youth serving that already do have boards of youth. And as Brittany was saying, I think now that there's more key leaders and people in Broomfield learning about the, the culture change of positive youth development, we're able to take that into our existing boards of youth and make sure that the leaders, the adult leaders that are working daily with those youth are doing it right. Yeah, that's important. It is. And um, another thing that Brittany had mentioned that I think is an example of how we get better at the positive youth development concept is we do struggle with the barriers, not necessarily a barrier, but when we engage youth, we have to remember that they are at school all day, all day or they may not have a ride or they may be there on their lunch break and we need to make sure that we provide lunch for them sure, so sure. we are continuing continuing to work on that in broomfield all the ctc communities are that how to partner with youth and make it so it can be something that that's inclusive and that they can come to um, like our communities that care work group meetings have agreed to move to late afternoon and evening meetings because they know it's important that the youth are there so that to me shows the community is caring that this could be sustainable because we're trying to make shifts in our policy and shifts in our programs sure. to keep our youth engaged. And that probably changes a lot. Yeah. The word shift. Yes. Because things change all the time. Yeah. And, and as we just said about the vaping, quickly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. you have to be on your toes and really informed. Yeah. On but, it. I mean, that's the beauty of having a youth by your side is sure. they know it much quicker than we do, the reality of what's going on out there. So. How? And I'm just curious. And trying to put all these pieces together because there's different pieces. How do people like Gabrielle get involved with the Broomfield communities that care? Do teachers recommend it? Mm-hmm. Do you work with the teachers in the schools, mm-hmm. middle schools? Is, is it great schools too? Mm-hmm. I don't explain all that. Well, it's going to look different in every communities that care sure. community. Sure, I'm just talking about Broomfield. Yeah, now. so in Broomfield, um, Youth for Youth started last summer as an internship program in the summer, and that was kind of our first outreach to see if youth were interested in this topic of substance use prevention and what they might want to do with it. So last summer they did a photo voice project, which is something where um, I think we charged them with the question, what puts you at risk and what makes you feel safe in Broomfield regarding substance use. Oh, good. And they went out and took photographs and then they created storyboards That's a and good told idea. a story yeah. from the photos. And those photos and that conversation has been used as we continue to develop our programs with communities that care. So that was the first way that we recruited, if that's the word, um, youth into the Communities That Care Coalition, and then it's continued. So five of those youth stayed on. We asked them to stay on. Anyone can. And then we had another internship this summer where it looks like we're going to have five or six more stay on. So I say this to them all the time, that our goal with Youth for Youth when they meet is that they want to be there, they have a good time, they bond with friends, they bond with adults, and that I'm not there for just a resume, right, or a college application. I want them to feel like it's important and valuable because they're so busy. And so right now we have a really strong group of youth that then they're going to work on ideas and then push those out to the schools and the community based on what they think is important. 
And again, I want to back up a little bit. Are the parents all on board? I mean, how involved are these uh, youth, their parents? Mm -hmm. Are they there two every day or they Mm -hmm. say, good idea, go at it and Mm -hmm. have fun and do what you got to do? Can can Gabrielle? Yeah, I was going to ask her that question. I'm looking at you, but I'm thinking, (laughs) yeah, Gabrielle should probably answer that question. How'd that work for you, Gabrielle? Uh, So I think one of really the essential parts of youth involvement for CTC is giving youth um, the freedom and uh, trusting them. And I think it's been really great because we've been allowed to work independently. So while parents and adults are involved in the CTC coalition, um, we really have the time as youth to work independently and um, not be micromanaged, I guess I would say. Uh, and that really lets us do a lot more. I think that's great because I think there's a lot when kids are in high school, the words to their parents, you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. Heard that a lot. This is a form of trust. Mm-hmm. And and, a, and that has to make you feel good that mm-hmm. your parents trust you enough to just go do what you think you ought to be doing because that's going to be your life down the road and you need to be involved now. Yeah. Now is the time to get involved Definitely. your age. That's a good thing. So do you encourage your friends to get involved? Have you gotten your friends some involved? Yeah, I actually, I have some friends who joined this summer for our summer internship this summer. And then Youth for Youth also has some events and we'll be planning more in the future. And that's definitely a good opportunity for teens who don't necessarily have the time or maybe the interest to join Youth for Youth, but they can still support us and our goals by coming to our events um, following us on social media, and all of those things help us all come together. Oh, I'm sure it does. And I'll ask either one of you, you, Jennifer, or Gabrielle, do the teachers in the schools get on board with this? Do they work with you at all? I can speak just from the CTC Coalition. Um, we do have, so like I said, we have almost I, maybe over 60 coalition members, and a good portion of those come from our schools. And so I do, and our coalition members do go out and engage okay. our schools. Good. We have teachers, we have principals, superintendents um, that really understand that we're working with them, especially it's sometimes difficult when you're crossing into something that a school owns, such as social-emotional learning programs, right. for them to trust us as a health department or as a group of Broomfield parents or citizens that we're not going to come in there and tell them how what, to do their how, job. How to do their job, yes. yeah. And they know that from the beginning, and that is, I think, why our coalition is so strong, is that everyone there is working towards a common goal, but we all have our own professional lives and personal experiences that people feel comfortable sharing. And so, yeah, our schools are, are involved in sitting with us, having these conversations. That's a great thing. Yeah. And Brittany, since Precious Child is so involved with this, how does the coalition plan to keep this momentum going? So seeing this coalition come together, as Jennifer was saying, that it is so strong. Um, Broomfield as a community um, is so strong in having everyone come together, nonprofits, members of the schools, um, city council members, and community members and parents as well have really come together. And that's really this kind of secret sauce, I think, to how we keep this going after the coalition disband after the grant period is over is those community members are now have buy-in and are now going to help help us actually make the goals and help us make the plans so that we can actually take these um, take these plans to fruition and actually have them come to be and whether that's a precious child owning pieces of the coalition um, coalition goals and other community members that's really what we want to do for the betterment of the community very good 
So, Jennifer, let's get down to the roots of this. How do people get involved? How do people want to volunteer? What do we do? Mm-hmm. It, specifically in Broomfield, uh, you just send us an email or you give me a call. Um, we just look for people who are passionate about this interest and in, about what is going on right. with substance use prevention and just the um, health outcomes of youth and this whole positive youth development idea. And so you have um, a website or something? We do. Okay. Um, well, Broomfield.org slash CTC. Okay. And they can connect there and learn more about communities that care. And for listeners who are also interested in if there's a communities that care in their community, they can also do the same thing. They can go online to Colorado Department of Public Health and Education and look at communities that care. And it shows you a beautiful list there of other communities that are doing this work. And you have how many volunteers now? We have, I was just counting the other day, around 60. That's pretty coalition fantastic. Coalition members, yeah. Right. And then they break out into specific work groups based on what their um, focuses are and their interests. And maybe you can tell quickly, too, for the communities that aren't Broomfield, mm-hmm. how do they find out what's going on or if there's anything going on mm-hmm. like this in their community? They can, again, just Google communities that care through Colorado okay. Department of Public Health and Education. And there is a nice list there that shows the different communities in Colorado that are also doing CTC. You also will see positive youth development. I, I guess I'm Googling a lot. But if, you, <laughs> if you look up positive youth development, you're going to see it everywhere. It is a, if you're just hearing about it now, you're going to hear it in your lives. You, it's, um, it's in many grants. It's in many national organizations. It's a way of working with youth, and it's uh, evidence-based. That's great. Well, Jennifer McInder, uh, Brittany Polinsky, Gabrielle French, Broomfield Communities That Care, thank you guys for opening our eyes to what is going on out there. And keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming in, ladies. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening. I am Murphy Houston. This is Mile High Magazine.